You're at the Over or Under Show. I'm your host, Ed Henderson. And man, it's a crazy world we live in. It has no shortages of rabbit holes. I'm not scared of rabbit holes. If you're not scared of rabbit holes, this show is for you. Let's see if we can jump in one and make our way back to the top. Well, hello. Good morning. It is June 9th. 2022. It is Friday Ramblings or Rambling Fridays if you prefer. Maybe you could leave me a comment. Let me know which one you like best and maybe I'll stick to it. Maybe I won't. But uh, Friday Ramblings, if this is your first time with me, this is a lot more, well, it's not as prepared and it's just uh, me sharing really some thoughts, uh, perceptions. It might be from a show that I did earlier in the week. It might be from something I saw on Twitter. So Uh, If this is your first time, a very special welcome to you, and uh, I'd like to invite you to check out some of my other podcasts. I'm all over the place in topics, mostly politics, religion, social issues, and the one that I did yesterday, I uh, I was telling everybody yesterday, man, I just about walked away from this week because, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it. It just seemed kind of weird to do something for the sake of doing something a lot of times I come here, I'm motivated to, to do it. Maybe I have a passion about what I'm getting ready to share. Maybe it's something that I think that I need to bring to your attention or to share with you for your consideration. But at the last moment when I was just getting ready to walk away from it all, I was hit with all these things on Twitter. Now, most of them had to do with transsexuals and drag queens. And I'm not trying to cast a negative light on the whole general LBGTQI community. You know, it just seems like people go out of their way, possibly for nefarious reasons, to highlight that community in the most negative light that they can. So maybe they just go around and they don't show the positive things. But I must say that overall general impression one could take from the month of gay pride, I think they've designated the whole month of June as gay pride month, the things that are actually being put out on social media are very negative. Uh, and what I mean by that is is the sexualization of young children. The podcast yesterday was specifically about the sexualization of young ladies and the effect that it has on them. But my whole motivation for starting that show was what I was seeing. You know, you were seeing minors taken into these drag clubs and these, I, I take it they're transsexuals were dancing in a very provocative way in front of these very young kids. You know, the adults around them were encouraged them to put money in their garters or whatever you call the panties they were wearing. And one I saw was an actual minor that was dressed up in drag and danced for the the adults in the audience. So, you know, I don't care what community you call yourself. If that had been a heterosexual group of people and they had kids that age in a strip club, I would feel the exact same way. So let me let me just say this. I don't know what the community is trying to put out for public consumption or the impressions that you're trying to put out. But let me just say it looks rather perverse if the only thing that you have to share with everybody is your sexuality. If there was a heterosexual month and I know you would come back and say, Every month's a heterosexual month. But I'm just saying, we do other things other than have sex. Or we never feel like we need to put that out there for your consumption. And I know gay people. I know very educated, intelligent gay people. And I think they would agree with me. This is is totally inappropriate for young children. The sexualization of kids that young 
and letting them hold these concepts and these constructs at such an early age is a very, very, I'm just going to say it's a bad thing to do. It's a destructive thing to do. And I think, uh, I think at least for young girls, the way that I shared the information, I think if you listen to it, you would agree. And again, this is not to cast a light over the entire LGBTQIA community, but to bring to your attention that you might want to go out of your way to highlight other things that your community has to offer other than your sexual orientation or your sexual acts. It seems to be the most prominent thing about you. You know, it's a, I'm a white male. I'm hetero. I know. I'm in the, I'm in the primary group. And, but yet, I, I don't appreciate it. I don't think I would have nearly appreciated black culture if the only thing that I was inundated and hit with, with was their sexuality. They got a lot more to offer than that. I would say that the gay community does too. You might even want to consider your community is getting so big, you might want to go back and revisit. Do you want to be associated with that community? I can tell you as a white male, I don't want to be generalized with white males. We're very fragmented. We are all over the spectrum. And to just associate me with somebody because of their color, even if that's white and I'm white, I do not appreciate that. You might be categorizing me in a way that is so antithetical to who I am, how I relate, my views. And so I don't want you to do that to me. I'm not going to do that to the entire community, the LGBTQIA community, which I'm referring to. I'm not going to do that to the black community. I'm not going to do that to women in general. I'm not going to make those generalizations. I was just trying to bring this to your attention. You know, I started that podcast out as a uh, the sexualization of young kids by mainly drag queens and transsexuals. But as I got reading, as I got studying, the more that I looked into it, that's just a symptom of a much greater sickness because, my friends, we've been sexualizing uh, young ladies and kids for a very long time. Now, you might think that uh, you didn't go out of your way to do it, but man, our, our culture is highly, highly sexualized and sexuality sells. I think at one time we were very careful with what we allowed our children to be exposed to. But you know, um, when my kids were coming up, uh, MTV was very big. It was just getting underway as I was coming into adulthood. Man, they had a, a, a profound impact uh, on our, our, young, our young kids. And we should have been paying a little bit more attention. It wasn't just MTV. It's been movies. It's, it's books. And now it's teachers. It's teachers. It's principals. It's entire school systems that are sexualizing our kids. I don't even want to get into the argument of uh, what your opinion is on orientation or sexuality. It's like armpits and buttholes. Everybody's got an opinion on it. But this is where I think that we need to transcend any tribal mentality we've got. And we should be able to agree there's a time when you need to let kids be kids. Now, I was listening to my podcast. After I edited it, I was playing it back. And it's almost like you're having an out-of-body experience. Yeah, sometimes I'm listening to myself and, uh, you know, sometimes I get to the end of the podcast and I'm thinking, man, that sounded too cheesy. That That doesn't resonate. And there's sometimes that... I'm listening to myself. I'm like, man, that was good. That, that was really good. Where did that come from? Sometimes I don't even remember saying it during the podcast. And yet 
when it gets played back and I'm listening to it on the uh, headset, I'm thinking, man, there's something to that. There really is. And so the one thing that I want to share with you today that uh, I was reviewing on my podcast is when I said, if you walk into a teacher's classroom and it looks to be more about them than it is the kids that they're getting ready to teach, that might be a problem. Now, I've got a st- I, my daughter. My daughter is a public school teacher and a very good public school teacher. I love her very, very much, and I'm so very proud of her, as I am my son. Both of them are very productive, law-abiding citizens. They're very respectful of everyone, and I'm, I'm just very proud of how they turned out. But, you know, when she's getting her room ready, especially like for the first day, it's about the kids. The, the first day teachers really are trying to make that classroom feel very inviting and open. All the little things that they're going to be learning, maybe there's some suggestions of what they're going to be covering. You know, when you walked into a classroom on the first day, I don't recall walking into one of my kids' uh, classrooms or me as a child and thinking, this is who this teacher is. No, it, it looked like it was very uh, thoughtful. It was very clean. Uh, maybe there were some ABCs on the uh, wall, some some numerical things, and it just it, it seemed to be all about education. But more and more, I'm watching these these teachers on Twitter. I mean, it looks for real. It doesn't look like it's uh, some type of fake news. They went to a lot of trouble if they did. It looks like a real classroom. It looks like a real school. And the teacher, a lot of times, it doesn't look like any teachers I had. I mean, I just never had any teachers who had blue, yellow, purple hair, maybe half the side of their uh, head shaved off. And I was always able to tell pretty much if they were male or female. And I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's just I'm just an awareness of where we are today. It is 2022, and I was going to school in the 70s. And I'm just making that statement. I never walked into a classroom and wondered what sex my teacher was, but I'm getting off point. And these teachers would have nothing but rainbow stuff all over the walls, hanging down. Uh, there would be all these uh, very leftist uh, politicians that were, were highlighted. And, you know, I'm not going to say or, or, or try to criticize anybody's choices as who they uh, support politically, but I would be very troubled if the only thing that I could see walking in that classroom is that teacher and who that teacher was. And obviously that teacher, I think she's projecting this is who I want you to be. So it, it, there's a lot of power in the classroom. And I think teachers, uh, especially if you're of an alternate type lifestyle, you, you should appreciate that. I can honestly tell you I do not know the sexual orientation. of Well, I didn't know many of my teachers. You know, if they mentioned something about a husband, of course, I would... Uh, take for granted. And, and keep in mind, this is 70, so I would take that that was an adult and maybe they had kids, but they really did not push their sexual preferences or their orientation on us. It was uh, pretty much about the disciplines that they were trained and were entrusted to teach us. And that's pretty much what they did. And I'm really happy that they did. So if you think that I'm picking on the LGBTQIA community, I'm not because I would feel the exact same way. I'm a conservative. I support the Second Amendment. But, you know, if I walked into a teacher's classroom and it was all about gun promotion, NRA, and, I, and I'm a supporter of the NRA too. But I'm just saying, if there were NRA posters all over the wall and this guy just seemed to have a, a, a fetish about guns and it just seemed to be 
off, off the spectrum as to what you would think would be normal, that would cause me some kind of problems. Now, I want to teach my children about gun safety. I want to teach my children about guns, but I'm going to be a little bit on edge if this guy is all about guns and I see pictures and maybe they, maybe he brought in a flak suit or something or some type of bulletproof vest. It's, it's in a very prominent place in the uh, classroom. Unless he can explain to me that he's had experience and training at this sense and he just wants to be ready for the next, uh, I don't know, mass shooting event that may happen in the school, I'm not going to feel good about that. So um, I am a Christian. But if I walk into the classroom and it looks like everything in that classroom is about Christianity and I, I support the morals taught by Christianity, but at the same time, you know, Within the Christian community, there's a wide variance on what we see, what we agree on, some of the things that we debate amongst themselves. And so, you know, I don't know what he would possibly be teaching, but if it looked like that was the most prominent thing in that classroom, then I would probably have some more questions. You know, I might be talking to him if I'm at it. As long as he can get away with it, good good for me because we're on the same page as far as uh, our religious beliefs. But a parent, another parent might come in and not feel the same way. So, again, I'm just trying to tell you I'm not picking on the LBGTQIA community. But I will say it one more time. If you walk into a classroom and that classroom is all about who that teacher is, you might want to have a little bit more of a conversation with her to to make sure that you're comfortable with what your uh, child is going to be uh, confronted with and what they're planning on teaching your child. It might be something that you want to reserve for your family. You know, and another thing that I kind of picked up on, and I don't know that I always said the right things with my kids or uh, express myself like I wish I would have probably expressed myself many times, which I probably wish I could go back and redo, but I've already raised mine, and it is what it is, and uh, that's, that's in my past. I continue to have a good relationship with both my kids. I hope I did them a, a justice in being their father. It's something that I took very seriously. At the same time, I can look back, and I guess like a lot of parents, you know, you do a lot of self-reflection. You're like, man, I wish I could have done that a little bit better, or man, I wish I hadn't have been so harsh with my words. Back to the sexualization of young girls. Dads, be careful of how you speak to your daughters, uh, really try to build that inner respect so they have something that they can go to, something that is of uh, something they can anchor to, and the the father daughter relationship is so it's it's very unique. I have a I think I have a very good relationship with my daughter, and uh, she's grown up. She's gone her own way. She has a uh, some different world views than I do. But, you know, I, I take a lot of pride sometimes when I see her. Sometimes she takes positions totally different than I would. But I can't help but be so proud because I see, I see myself in her as she expresses her views. Sometimes I think to myself, man, I weaponize that girl too good because she can, she can stand her own. And so sometimes, I, like I said, we, uh, we butt heads, but... It's like button heads with yourself. And uh, if, if I didn't do anything else for her, I showed her how to stand on her own. She does not have to rely on superficial things that uh, people place on her, whether they're t 
titles, whether they're expectations. She she is who she is from within, and she has a self-respect, and the and the power uh, that she demonstrates is is obvious. Do I think she's wrong about some things? Yeah, yeah, I do, and I think uh, as she gets older. She may look at things differently. I know I'm not the same person that I was 20 years ago. And that, I mean, that's kind of sad if you say, hey, I'm the same guy I was 20 years ago. You know, maybe some basic characteristics, but damn, did you not learn anything in 20 years that made you change a little bit, alter a little bit? Or maybe you just came out of the womb and you knew it all. I don't know. I didn't. So I continue to uh, be very open to people of different perspectives and I'm not going to say that I, I won't change my mind because I hold on to my constitution very strongly, but I'm open. I'm open to the next biggest, greatest thing. If you're going to make me change my mind, if you're going to make me give up a belief that I hold, you're going to have to present me with something more solid. You're going to have to present me with something even better. So I love both my kids. They're both very strong individual kids and uh, they provide for themselves they do for themselves i never get a phone call from them uh, saying hey dad can you help me out with this can you do this for me matter of fact it's uh it's usually me going over to a house that they bought or a project they got i'm like hey man i'll be i'll be more than glad to help you with this and a lot of times they're like no dad i got this i don't know maybe they don't want to be around me i don't know but i do love them I appreciate the fact that they stay away from my house enough to where when they do walk into the door, it's always a pleasure to see them. And I'm, I'm just happy that they're getting on with their lives. So what else would I like to just ramble about? Um, this whole thing about people going to Supreme Court Justice's house. And yes, I just changed channels uh, like a squirrel, but this is Friday Ramblings and this is what I do. But these uh, people going to... Supreme Court judge's house and intimidating or trying to intimidate them that Chuck Schumer, a sitting senator, to threaten Kavanaugh, it's disgusting. It's incredibly disgusting. Now, you might feel very strong about abortion rights, but I'm going to ask you to weigh something out. Would you rather have a mob decide these kind of things rather than the Supreme Court? Or, or are you that kind of person that just feels like the mob always gets it right? Because I personally, I am frightened of the mob. I'm scared of the mob. The mob is the one that loses their mind. They're the ones that stampede. They're the ones that kill innocent people or they execute innocent people. And even when people find out that they might have been wrong, they're like, oh, well, well, I made a mistake. My bad. The mob has an emotion to it. It has, it's not reasonable so, so many times. I, I don't agree with the Supreme Court all the time. They have come out with decisions that I do not like. I will continue to voice. I will continue to do my podcast. I'll show up every two or four years, cast my vote. And I hope to God it never gets to the point to where I just lose my mind like the mob and want to get pitchforks and, uh, torches and maybe worse yet semi-automatic weapons that's another topic this week that's kind of bizarre about gun control but i'm just asking you do you want to live in a country because there's countries you can move to right now where the mob decides everything I, you probably your best bet is most of your third world countries or nations but you know you've got to respect the process i understand people being upset 
it's just like uh, the people on, um, what was it, January 6th, the, the big takeover of the government. I don't believe that. But what I do think is that you had a mob that lost their minds. Uh, you had a mob that got very emotional. It's very sad. I was looking at a lot of tweets from some of the people who participated in the uh, January 6th, whatever you want to call it, protest. And if it makes you feel better, if you call that some type of overthrow, usually when I see somebody take over a government, they they come well prepared. They've got, they're well armed. Uh, and I'm not talking about nine millimeters. I mean, if you're going to take over a government, especially one like the United States of America, then you better have some missile launchers. You better have some tanks. You ain't going to walk in there with, uh, with a nine miller. You're not going to walk in there with an AR-15. You're not going to walk in there with a contingent of AR-15s and take over the United States government. That's why I just think that's so silly. These look like, uh, for the most people, they're they're an age group. They're 50 and above. You saw some youngsters in there, some guy walking around with some type of bullhead or something on, walking around shirtless. Did not look like he had an agenda, but let me get back on topic. The mob just loses their minds. They get crazy. I mean, people get trampled. People get killed. And so that's why... I don't know. I, I get I get very nervous around the mob. I try to separate myself from the mob. Uh, I'm I'm a Trump supporter. I was a Trump. I was all for his policies. I thought they were very good policies. There's no way in the world. As soon as I saw that big crowd, and also get nervous from a safety standpoint, public safety standpoint. When you see a bunch of people that have totally lost their minds and they they funnel into small areas, this is your safety tip for today. Keep in mind, they're not thinking about you. You might be on the same page. You might support one another. But once they start stampeding, man, people get pinned. People can't breathe. You can die. Be very careful when you're around large crowds, and especially when they've got some type of emotional, weird political agenda that they want to push to the degree that they're willing to do some very stupid things. So... That's what I see when I see these uh, Twitters about these people that the government are getting to sign confessions. They don't want to sign the confessions. These are people, they say, hey, I've never committed a crime in my life. They're, they're 55, they're 58 years old, and uh, they're being prosecuted. And their lawyers are telling them they could be much worse. And they're like, well, I didn't, I didn't hurt nobody. I didn't, they're, he's, they're telling them, you know, you sign this or... You could go to prison for 20 years. So a lot of them are very, very messed up. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their livelihoods. And you might be saying, well, good for them. I'm glad they're going to prison for the rest of their life. What I'm telling you is they got caught up in the hysteria of a mob. A mob which I personally probably agree with many of their political platforms, their programs, their agendas. The big difference between me and them, though, is I typically know when stuff is getting stupid. So I'm looking at these people. I mean, they, they look like they've worked all their lives, and some of them said they have. They've paid their taxes. They vote every uh, four years. They made the horrible mistake of losing their minds, and it's going to cost them. And so you know, people think about what you're doing. It's not going to help you if you sit there and say things like, well, I watched for last year, I watched people burn buildings to the ground and nobody went to prison or people bailed them out. Well, that, you can do that if you want to, but this is about you. 
and it's you that's now being prosecuted, and it's the guy now asking you, hey, would you like to do two years or 20 years? We've already filled out the confession for you, everything that you're going to confess to, you signed the dotted line. That's a hell of a question. Isn't that a hell of a question? Uh, man, I don't know what I would do, especially at this point in time of my life, because to go away from 20 years, well, that's a good possibility. I would die in jail. Can't be too short. I wouldn't die in the next two years in, in prison. So uh, I don't know. If I, if I was not guilty of trying to overthrow the government and I didn't uh, damage any property, maybe I just walked inside the, the halls of Congress, I'd like to think that I wouldn't sign something that said I did things that I didn't do. Like I said, there's probably a lot of people out there listening that are just saying, yeah, I'm glad they're going to prison for the rest of their life. The only thing I would tell you about that, you need to look at when people are treated in a certain way and you're looking at the system that's prosecuting them, make sure that you're going to be okay if that same system is ever used on you. Uh, when it comes to free speech, free speech was never meant to protect the speech that you are in agreement with. It was meant to protect other people and you when there is not consensus, when there's not agreement. There would be no reason to have free speech if everybody agreed with one another, especially political speech. That's uh, I'll leave that with you. That's about all I want to ramble over the big takeover of the United States on January 6th. I think it lasted, what, three or four hours, and they were ordering pizza and went about their business that evening. If it was a takeover or an overthrow of the government, it was a really piss poor one. I think I'm going to finish out Friday ramblings with uh, just just trying to tell everybody, hey, we're in a very strange time in this country and uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of agendas. There's a lot of people that think they know uh, how things ought to be. And the beauty of America is letting people be who they are and for instance, I've got, I've got gay friends, I've got gay family members, but I'm not apt to join them in some big LGBTQIA parade or anything like that. It's, it's just not my thing. I, I actually personally do not agree with it, but I do love them. And you might say that's so contradictory. How could you ever say that? Well, I, I, maybe I can't explain it. Maybe it is some huge contradiction, but I truly do love and I care for them and I'm so thankful that they don't judge me for the stances that I take. I was talking to um, my, my buddy, my, my black friend, who tells me what he thinks about my programs. And, you know, he told me the other day, he said, uh, you know, if I didn't know you, he said, I, I would probably think that you were some weird right-wing nut job. But, and I said, well, how, how, do I, how do I get over that? It's not that I'm not proud or that I do not believe the things that I believe, but I don't, I don't go out of my way to try to piss people off. You know, we're talking, I share my view on something, uh, I'm hoping that it's going to be cordial, we shake hands, and maybe, maybe you do start seeing the world a little bit more like me, or maybe I see something that you bring, and I'm just thankful for the conversation, and yes, I have friends that I don't agree with on political points. I don't agree with some of my friends on cultural points. And yet, somehow or another, they are good, strong relationships. So um, I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to change my podcast or how I communicate, but I recently did text him. I'm like, you know, what would you recommend? How can I, in 30 minutes, 
uh, impress upon somebody the things that you've been impressed by and the things that uh, you judge me by because we do not see the world the same. We see some things very differently. And he's pointed some things out to me. He, t he might say, hey, I was looking at these uh, figures that you were sharing and, uh, man, they're just not jiving. And I'm like, well, I'll look into it a little bit more. One we just did here just recently had to do with uh, gun shootings and the people dying in Afghanistan, the people dying in Chicago. That doesn't matter. It's just that he was right. He was right. I would have not known that had he not taken that time to share that with me. Now, there's other things that he shares with me. I think it's a bunch of BS. But I would tell him. And, you know, he's a, he's a very articulate, intelligent person. And if I haven't ever shared this with you, if you've got people around you that don't agree with you and you can know that there's no personal bias towards you, those are gifts from God, man. Those are... <laughs> Those are gifts of God when you know that you've got good good friends like that who are willing to be who they are, share what they know with you, and and very honestly critique you. It will do nothing but make you better. It's going to do one or two things. It's going to change your mind on something, or it's going to strengthen your resolve in the position that you hold. So be careful about writing people off like that, man. They are they're good people, and they're 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 truly gifts. They're gems, man. Uh, I've never been one of those people who want to blow smoke up your ass or kiss your butt. Um, I like those people who have integrity and character and can stand on their own two feet. It's something that I've really worked and tried to develop within myself. So I respect it in myself, and I respect it in others. But you know, you take my podcast however you want to. I think I mentioned yesterday, I want to be respected and I want to be liked. But if I'm going to have to pick between those two, I'm going to go with respect every time. And it's amazing if you respect yourself, how how good the relationships you can have with other people. And then other times you're going to be on the outside and you're just going to have to pack your stuff up and find you another community. That's why I don't like to be generalized. You would look at some of the groups that I associate with, you would think you would come to different uh, decision makers. If you want to go talk to those groups, you're like, that dude's kind of squirrely, man. He, he brings some stuff that's up and some of the stuff we don't believe. And it's just that I just don't think anybody has all the answers. You know, I'm a, I'm a Southern Baptist. Do I think the Southern Baptists have all the answers when it comes to Christianity? Absolutely not. No way. I've seen them be wrong too many times. So I'm going to go to some church. It's going to have some type of denomination associated with it, but I refer to myself as a Christian. I think of the Christian body. I just happen to go to a Southern Baptist church, but it's always so much fun to get into a conversation with some of them and have to remind them how wrong they have been on some very major issues right out of the box, the formation of them and a civil rights issue. So I had a time when uh, I said I was no longer going to be a part of that group. I would never go to another Southern Baptist church. And I, it must be the Holy Spirit or something. Because I go to a Southern Baptist church today. At times, you know, I say things. And it's, it's, it's all in good jest. I like the body that I'm with right now. I like the church that I go with right now. But sometimes they might say something like, you know, you might have to go. And I'm like, it wouldn't be the first time I keep my bags packed and I'm ready to walk out any time that you feel like I shouldn't be here. I don't I don't have those strong associations with groups. Just like I told you, I'm very concerned about mobs. I'm very concerned about 
groups also, you know, when you just insulate yourself with people who think exactly like you do, you know, your conversations all happen within a bubble. You're, you're talking within a bubble. You're talking to uh, people within that bubble, bubble people. You're talking about bubble things. It's just, a, uh, it's just a circular thing where you don't even know if some of the things you believe have any legs. So I like to get outside the bubble see if uh, how it goes with other people from different viewpoints you know I, like i said i don't need everybody to think like i do but i'm also very scared and concerned when the consensus is so strong when i hear people start talking about they uh, they absolutely know how to raise a kid they absolutely know how to uh, affect his sexuality if you want to it seems like everybody wants to teach kids about sexuality everybody but their parents it seems like and uh, that's another scary thing that's happening, that the teachers think that they know better than the parents. And I'm not going to say there's not some very bad parenting out there, but that, that's a very arrogant stance from teachers, many of them who have no kids of their own. And then they remind you, all these kids are mine. And you're like, man, I hope you said that. Like, uh, I hope you said it. I hope I picked up the nuances of what you're saying. It's one thing to say these are my kids. I love my kids when they're with me. Their safety is of uh, paramount concern for me. And I want to teach them the things that they need, those rudimentary skills, uh, mathematics, history, whatever it takes to get them prepared for going out in this world. But when they start supplanting themselves and putting themselves in place of the parent, that is scary. That is very scary. So like I said, I guess I'm just scared of strong central authorities because there's no way they can know it all. I can't know everything and they can't know everything. That was the beauty of the United States of America. We encouraged the individual, but now it's uh, transforming into something that appreciates the mob mentality, which I told you I'm so incredibly concerned with. So... That was a taste of Friday Ramblings, if this was the first time that you ever have joined me. And yes, I'm getting prepared to scoot out of here because, I don't know, just something hit me all of a sudden. I'm like, I don't want to talk no more. <laughs> but uh, I, I hope you, maybe you can uh, take this thing and uh, do like Socrates did. I told a story about Socrates, and he's got a sieve that he runs things through. So you sift through all this stuff, and you see if you can find you a couple of nuggets in there or something. Maybe I just... Uh, made you think about something maybe i just made you cuss me out that's good too i'm looking for to get something out of you so with that being said honestly do bid you a a, a good week i hope you have a, a good rest of the week i hope your weekend is wonderful i pray for your safety i pray for our president who i don't agree with i've said it before i'll say it again when he does not do good we do not do good so i'm praying that he presents well on the world stage that he makes a Good decisions. I hope he doesn't get so hooked up in groupthink that he does not do the right things. Uh, matter of fact, I would say that it looks like uh, he's been acting inverse of anything that looks like it makes any sense to me. But he is the president of the United States. He was duly elected. I hope that it was done fairly. I'm assuming I got faith that it was done fairly. We've got some elections coming up again in November. If you're not happy, that's the where you go take care of it. And I, when, as I'm leaving, I was getting ready to go. Let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with having secure votes. Nothing at all. 
I think it is very paternalistic. I think it's very condescending to think that black people do not know how to get hold of ID. They do it all the time. If uh, for some reason you don't hang out with black people, let me assure you I do. And they are very educated, very capable, uh, just as much as you are, I am, maybe even more so in my case. Uh, they they can do anything as anybody else. Matter of fact, I was asking a young black guy when we were talking about uh, white privilege and uh, a very good conversation, but I just stopped him and I'm like, I, I said, can you tell me one thing that uh, you can do or I can do that you can't do? And he paused and he said, that's a good question. And I was like, well, damn. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, if you're going to preach it, you ought to be able to come up with some examples. So, if you're really into preaching the uh, white privilege uh, sermon out there, maybe you might want to jot down a few things. So if uh, some, some old white dude like myself confronts you with, uh, can you tell me one thing that uh, I as a white man can do that you can't do? Uh, you'll be, at least be able to respond. So that's my, that's my little nugget to the other side because I love them too. And I'm, I'm hoping they do well. And maybe somewhere between them and me, we can figure it out. I don't know. Because like I told you, there's a lot of rabbit holes you go down. We're just trying to make it back to the top. I'm going to leave it right there. Again, if you heard anything here that you liked, hit subscribe. If you didn't hear anything you liked, give me another chance. Go check out one of my other podcasts. I would strongly recommend you listen to my last one, which was the sexualization of young girls. So I'm going to leave it right there. You have a good weekend. Again, this is Rambling Fridays. It is The program is called Over and Under. My name is Edward Henderson, and now I'm out like a scout. Bye.